Hey friends, welcome to the Planet Podcast, aligning you in your mindset, nutrition, and wellness. I'm your host, Melanie Barrett, a holistic nutritionist, life, and health coach that is obsessed with helping women to confidently believe and trust in themselves to create positive change in all avenues of life. When it comes to feeling overwhelmed, being crippled by anxiety, paralyzed by what foods to eat, and how the hell to live a balanced, healthy life, I've been through it all and know that struggle personally. This is why I've dedicated my life to helping others just like you to make this world a better place, one mindset shift at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week and another episode of the Plant Ahead podcast. As always, I'm so honored to be here and to connect with you guys. And for me this week, you know, I really leaned into what I felt I wanted to share and I wanted to kind of tap into a little bit about my story. So I've kind of talked a little bit about it in past episodes, but not too much. And I don't feel ready yet. I actually recorded an episode about my actual story. And as much as I wanted to put it out there, I didn't feel like I was ready to share yet because it's really dense and it's really heavy and it's a little dark. But at the same time, I know it helps people to hear. But for me right now, I feel that I want to share the story about like my son and what he's going through. And the reason being I wanted to share this is because I know I cannot be the only mother out there that's feeling this and going through this stuff. And long story short, I'm going to start it out with just saying that I am now seeing and recognizing that my child is different than the average quote unquote normal child. You know, when I ask myself, I'm like, what the fuck is normal anymore these days? You never really know. And it's just, it's just things are different. So I'm going to kind of start from the beginning and we're going to go in and I'm going to take you on a journey with me to talk about my son's journey thus far. So Oliver and I have been together for 11 years now and we've been married for five and we see here, we had Elliot, we got pregnant about a year after we got married. So Elliot is now three years and some months, some change here, I think, but three years and four months-ish. So it's been such a wild ride and such a pleasure to become a mother. But I kid you not, holy shit, when you become a mom, you get cracked wide fucking open. I thought I knew things and understood things, but man, until you have a child, you don't know. And oh my God. So just having this little perfect little kid come into my life, just opened my eyes to things I never knew existed and just changed me and absolutely changed me for the better without a doubt. I love my little nugget more than anything in the world. So, and that's what has made becoming a mom so hard is because you want the absolute best for your kid, right? You want them to, you know, feel good mentally and physically, you know, you want to make sure the room temperature's right and they have good fresh foods and you want to make sure they're eating healthy and sleeping well and all the different things, right? So there's a lot going on in, you know, the world of being a mom and your child's dynamics. So for me, Elliot, we had him with a nanny the first couple years of his life. So he didn't really get too much socialization or anything like that. And for me, by the way, I also had a normal pregnancy. Nothing was too crazy. He actually really stuck around and didn't want to leave. I didn't end up having him until I was almost 42 weeks pregnant and I did it all natural. God. Um, So here we are, and we didn't really have any complications. He hit all of his milestones and everything like he was supposed to and everything just seemed to be like, you know, flowing along. 
And right around when he was a year, I remember him starting to flap his arms when he would see something that was exciting to him. And I was like, okay, whatever. And of course, you know, I got to Google that thing. And, you know, everything on there pointed to, oh, your kid's autistic and stuff like that. And I'm like, it doesn't quite seem like it because, you know, there's certain things I see that he does that just doesn't point and it doesn't make sense. So, you know, let's fast forward a couple of years later, right around his, I would probably say two and a half year mark around there after things started to lighten up with COVID, we'll put it that way. And we, I just felt like intuitively as a mother, I'm like, there's something different about my kid because we started putting him in like a little school setting that has, you know, three to four kids around. And he was just not really interacting with the other kids. And I'm like, you know, this is kind of strange and different. He's not acting quote unquote normal as the other kids and playing and interacting with them. But I didn't think much of it. I was just like, okay, he's just under socialized. So, you know, time goes by and eventually I'm like, you know, something is just different. And I remember it took more strength and more courage than I even know how to describe in words to be like, okay, I think my kid might be on the spectrum. And I was like, okay, as a mother, I have to, you know, I got to do this because, you know, I had to put, you know, the ego and that type of stuff aside and say, what's best for my kid. I want him to be the happiest thriving that he can be in this world. Right. So I mustered up the strength and the courage. Making that phone call to get him scheduled in to do the testing was one of the hardest things. And being there and in that moment the night before, I remember Oliver and I not being able to sleep very well and just being so hard on us. And when we finally got there, going through the testing and all the things, at the very end, it was a long, long, long process. Elliot didn't get nap that day. And it was just, we were potty training or past potty training and really have his potty. So it was just whatever. It was a mess. So at the end of it, the doctor's like, well, you know, he, he, I can't really diagnose him with anything, but you know, something just off. We'll put it that way. And I was like, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, definitely like occupational therapy or something like that will help. So time goes by and, you know, just, it really took me a month or so to process this. And, and he pretty much said to me, he's like, you know what, your kid if we were to take this kid and put him in a set of different parents, he would be a completely different story. And I felt such comfort in that moment knowing it's like, this doctor's like, you guys are incredible parents. You're really active with him. You're doing the positive parenting thing. You're really there and you're, you know, you're intuitive and you're paying attention. You feed him really well and all the things. So, you know, fast forward a little bit more. I was like, okay, I really want to lean into this. So I started reaching out because of COVID, a lot of places were doing only telehealth for occupational therapy and stuff like that. So it took a while to find a place that was within reason and within distance and all the different moving pieces. But we found a place that ironically ended up being right down the street from his teacher or school. So it worked out really well and it was very close. And, you know, we got him in and we did his evaluation for occupational therapy. And we did the evaluation, we learned that he actually has some sensory issues. And so having SPD, which is sensory processing disorder, it's very common. Most children grow out of it. And a really good way to describe sensory processing disorder is when, now it's not something like a be all end all sentence where this is, this is something you work through, especially with therapy will help you like move all the way through it. So for him now, Let's say you and I are having a conversation right now and we're at a show or 
you know, there's a restaurant or it's just loud. There's a lot of big, loud music in the background, right? You and I can sit here and continue our conversation and tune out the music or somebody with an auditory sensory processing disorder has a hard time tuning out the music. So for somebody like Elliot, he has a hard time tuning out the music. It's not necessarily that his auditory stuff. So if you see a kid that gets really upset or covering their ears and overwhelmed, that's usually a sensory processing thing with auditory system. So for him, he's not too much in the auditory stuff, but there's a lot of motor skills and things that are going on with him that's affecting him to be able to do what he's supposed to be doing. So it's fascinating to know you need to work on certain muscles to strengthen it up because then once you strengthen certain muscles in the body, then you're like, your um, fine motor skill grip is better. So it's very fascinating to learn how all the different five systems in the body kind of all work together. So it's been pretty fascinating to watch him go through this. So, and it's just hard to know, like my kid's different. He has these sensory issues and it separates him from the normal. And it's just been hard. And me taking a lot of steps back and really processing how I feel about it. And I actually haven't really been allowing myself to process how I feel because also we just have a lot going on in our house, as most of you guys know. So we moved to Austin in the very beginning of the year. So we started packing in December and we're from Cleveland, Ohio, and we moved to Austin, Texas, the very beginning of January. And we moved here and then we did some traveling, went to London, a couple different places and stuff. And then after that, we came home, got all the way like, yeah, we get to settle into our new city. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to meet people. I even remember I was going to networking groups and meeting people and doing all the things. And then boom, COVID hit. So everything changed. And then we became very isolated. We don't have any friends or family here. So it was just been hard. And that's when we really started to notice like our kid was different um because we were around him all day long i wasn't able to work the way i normally would same with my husband so it's just that the dynamics of all of our lives completely changed this year but i'm so thankful for it because because it really really made me see and accept and lean into okay what's going on with my child like i, I see he needs support i can feel he needs something and it's i don't have the skills to know an occupational therapy and what he needs to build and the different steps but taking him to therapy made me realize holy crap, like this is helping him so much. I see how much he's thriving already by doing this. And I'm sharing this because a lot of times as a mom, you know, you could sit there and see something's going on, but it's so easy to be in denial of something, right? Where you're like, this isn't happening. This isn't real. This is just too much to take in. So you almost, you know, push it in and not allow yourself to feel the feelings that kind of come up. And then you just kind of push it away. But the crazy part is there's that niggling voice in the back of your head that's like, hey, hey, I'm still here. Don't forget. Don't forget. And then you just push it away. So it'll come back up. Like, think about it. How many times you think of the same? We, I can't remember the exact statistic, but we think of the same exact thoughts that we thought of yesterday, practically verbatim. I think it's like 80% of the thoughts. Don't quote me on that, but I know it's something really, really high. And it's crazy to think about that because, you know, those thoughts will come up. I'm like, something's different. And I'm like, no, 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 he's fine. Something's different. No, no, no. So like as a mom, if you do feel like intuitively there's something a little bit different, it's okay to reach out for help. And it's also fascinating too, because when we started this process and this journey, what was cool is that I was able to get him evaluated. And when you get your child evaluated, whether, you know, it is ASD or OCD or SPD or ADD, whatever it is, it gives you... A, a starting point, you know, where your journey is going to be. And that's the fascinating part is that we were able to get him evaluated and see where, we, where he was in the beginning. And then, you know, down the road, we're going to be able to process again and see, okay, where's he at? Let's, let's evaluate him again. And we could see his progress along the way. So 
it's very fascinating and cool to be able to start to watch this journey. So as we've been doing the occupational therapy, his therapist is like, you know, I think he might need some speech therapy. And when we got him originally tested for ASD, the the doctor that tested him said, yeah, you know, he could probably use some speech therapy. But the things that he said, I felt like I was working on with him and we almost corrected. But so for Elliot, he started talking before he was two. Like he was super, super chatty. And he has a huge vocabulary. And the crazy thing about this kid, or this kid, my kid, is he's so smart, guys. He counted to 50 the other day. We were, had these chickpeas and we were counting them. He literally counted to 50. I was like, kid, you're three years old. What are you doing? And I was like in a therapist the other day. I'm like, so how, what number should a three-year-old be counting? She's like, oh, about 10. I'm like, oh, God. And then he knows his ABCs, every shape, every color. He knows like the color maroon or brown or light green, cyan. It's just crazy. And every shape on his son, he's like, oh, that's a trapezoid. Oh, that's a pentagon. I'm like, who are you? Crazy little smart cookie. So he definitely has the smarts. Like it's there. So you know, and that's what I remind myself sometimes when I'm having a hard time is I remind myself, oh, he might not be processing, processing things properly or be able to hear you or his attention span is different than the average child, but you know, he's excelling here. And that's why I always try to remind myself of all the beauty that I have in my life currently right now. So when she said about doing the speech therapy, I felt, I knew it was kind of coming in a way and I was happy. I was very proactive. I went and then I scheduled an appointment to get him evaluated for speech. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then after I did it, I really took that step back to process. And I was like, holy shit, this, this is a lot. So now my kid's an OT and now he's going to need speech therapy. And, you know, as a mom, it's like taking him to all the appointments, which I know like sports and all the things come up and you're just always tired and running around constantly, the joys of being a mom, but it's hard sometimes. So we're actually getting ready to embark and start on his speech journey. And I'm quite excited about it now that I've really allowed myself to take that step back to really process and look at it. And even since we started OT, for example, as scared as I was to start it. And one of the biggest reasons we actually started it too, is because we noticed he kept flapping. And a lot of people even comment to me on my Instagram stories or on Facebook and stuff. They're like, Oh, I see your son flapping all the time. And, you know, it made me almost self-conscious as I was like, what are they saying about me? My son, he's fine. And it's like, he just flaps because he's happy. Like literally, and his sensory stuff is when he gets really excited, he has a hard time releasing the excitement Or you and I can just be like, yes, and, you know, we're done and we feel good. Where him, he actually has to flap his arms to release that energy out of his body and like understanding how energy is everything, guys. We are made of energy. Everything moves as energy. Money's energy. It's all energy. And for my son in particular, right now in the season of his life, he has a hard time releasing that energy out of his body. So even when we, since we started therapy, I've seen such a difference in him. And it's been so cool to actually see that shift already in a short period of time. So knowing that this stuff really does work and it can help. And beyond that, she's like, I can't guarantee that he's going to stop flapping, but I mean, we've already seen a shift and it's very, very cool. And when I take that step back, you know, be the observer looking at myself, which I always reference is that I see how this is really helping him. And as scared as I felt in that moment originally to get him evaluated and do all these different tests to figure out kind of what's going on with him, I realized that it's not as scary as I thought. And a bit about me and my story. So I actually had really bad ADD, ADHD as a child. And, you know, back in the 90s, that was a very 
the big thing that all kids had and were diagnosed with. And like, I know my dad has it and my brother has really bad OCD. So I can see tendencies in my son now where it points a little bit to OCD or ADD. And, you know, and I, when I take a step back, I look at myself and where I'm at, would I change myself at all? And my ADD? No, not at all. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse. And that's how I really try to look at things. Like sometimes it might not be the best, but there's always something good that comes hand in hand. Something might not be the best, but then there's always that brighter side of things, you know, and really trying to find that balance. And that's another big thing too, is that somebody actually reached out to me the other day and they sent me a message like, Melanie, how do you stay so positive all the time? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me for real? Like, (laughs) and I just laughed for a minute. It's like, I am not fucking positive Patsy. Thank you so much. I have shit and I'm going through things. And when she said that, you know, I was balls deep and processing all this stuff with my son. And I was like, I go through the hardest stuff. Like, are you serious? And this is a difference with me though, at least new me compared to old me. I mean, God, as I've shared, I had a very, very fixed mindset. I had, I struggled a lot. I was a victim and all the things. So it's, miraculous that I am here today and I am this completely different person, but I know it's because I've been through that struggle and I've been through that shit is how I'm able to be the person I am today, the mother, the wife, the coach, the nutritionist, all the different moving pieces of the practitioner, because I have been through it and I've walked the walk and I talk the talk and I personally have gone through it. I've gone through a lot. And the fact that she's just like, how do you stay positive? I'm like, girl, you know what? I don't stay positive. I'm a human. I feel feelings. You're, you're a human, right? And you have feelings and they come up for us. And, you know, we have a choice in that moment to process them and move through them. And sometimes we don't have the space to process and we have to kind of push it down a little because we got shit going on. We have to function as adults in this crazy society that we live in. So really taking that step back and allowing yourself to process in your own time. Beautiful. But the fact that she was just like, are you doing this? And I was like, no, this is the difference. This is what I do. And this is what I feel like separates me from the rest is that when I have a really bad shitty day, something happens, you know what? I might get upset in that moment. I might get angry or want to go punch a pillow and release my feelings and stuff like that. But you know what I do? I reach for the next best feeling. I, I go for it. I always try to find gratitude and appreciation for all the things, even in a big old shit storm of my life. And this is the worst day ever. I still try to find the next best good feeling to reach for, to kind of pull myself out because I'm not going to sit there and be a Debbie Downer and wallow in self-pity and be like, oh, everything's awful. I had, I could do that, but what is that doing for me? Absolutely nothing. Not at all. And that's the biggest thing about this journey that I'm going through with Elliot is that, yeah, this is hard on me. Yes. Sometimes it might take me a little bit longer to process because there's just so much going on. But once I do allow myself to step back and process and go through all the emotions and feelings that come up, I'm like, holy crap, I feel so much better. And then I'm like, holy crap, look at this progress my child's made. Holy crap, like look where he is now compared to where he was. Like this is working. This is good. Good job, mom. Like celebrate that shit. And that's the thing about life is that you got to celebrate it. You got to move through it and you got to just feel into it. And where would I be if I never took that time and faced my deep, deep fears to get my son evaluated and tested in different areas to see what's going on. And then I'm just realizing that my child is just different. He's not quote unquote normal, but seriously, what the fuck is normal these days? I don't know. Society puts such a weight on people to be like this or try like that or be here or there. And it's like, no, we're all unique. And the more moms I talk to and reach out to, they're like, yeah, my kid has this, my kid has this, this is what's going on here. And then I realize I'm not alone. I'm really not alone. 
And I think the big thing for me personally in my heart is that I have an uncle that has cerebral palsy and he can't walk or talk. And so my uncle, this is my mom's brother and my mom's mom, my grandma would watch my brother and I a lot as a child. So I spent a lot of time with my uncle. And I mean, I remember my grandma, this huge backyard and my uncle had his electric wheelchair. And I would remember as a kid, he would crawl out of his chair because he, he can't walk or talk. And he would let my let my brother and I go into his chair and I remember his wheelchair had, you know, rabbit speed or turtle speed. I remember just turning on rabbit speed and like tearing through the yard and he would like be, you know, clapping his hands and cheering us on and being all happy. So like I have such a connection and deep spot in my heart for people that have special needs and to never, like if somebody were to make fun, I'm like tearing up saying it, but if somebody were to make fun of somebody in a wheelchair, I'm like, how could you do that? Like, you know, I just, just makes me sad, you know, because I, I, I've, I've seen people make fun of like my uncle, for example, and it, and hurts, and like the struggle my mom went through growing up having, you know, a special needs brother back in the sixties and seventies. That was a very rare time, and those things didn't happen. But all I'm trying to get at is that, you know, we're all unique. We all have our things. We're all very special people, and there, you know, some is worse than others. And you know, I remind myself too that I see people that are struggling more, and then I realize that I'm thankful for what I have. And it's not, you know, there's this difference between dismissing what's going on and being like, because I used to really be like, well, I know this is for the better. I can't accept, you know, I don't need to dwell on this right now. This is this is meant to be. It's good, but then you don't process the feelings that you know you're angry or upset or something's going on in your life. So I just want to really tie this together in a pretty little bow to share that we are all unique, beautiful creatures, and we all have our ticks. We all have our things. We have our stuff that makes us different. But you know what? Being different is fucking cool because how boring would this world be if we were all had the same political views, we all had the same religious views, and we all had the same hair color and talk the same and dress the same. It'd be a pretty fucking boring world, right? So it's about really being yourself, stepping into that, and letting your child be themselves. And if they feel like they need support in certain areas and you feel intuitively as a mother, reach out for it. And it's okay. Just know that you are not alone. There's somebody else struggling out there. There's so many Facebook groups that you can go into to find, you know, where moms are struggling with similar things or whatever you're going through. I mean, how many people of us have, I mean, God, for me, I was diagnosed with like ADD and let's see, ADHD and I had eating disorders. I had stomach issues and I had, you know, IBS and oh goodness, I could go on all day, but these are all the things that were slapped in my face, you know, my whole life. And it made me think, I'm so different and weird. And now I look back on it as an adult, as I feel like I'm fully embodying and stepping into my power and who I am. I'm like, I'm fucking awesome. I have like, you know, I might be weird and I might not be normal, but I wouldn't change who I am for the world. And you know what? If my kid genetically got some of my ADD and the OCD and all the things that are in there in the genetic pool here, that's okay too, because I'm going to do everything I can to raise him to be the best, sweetest little guy and feed him the best foods and do everything I can to raise him to love himself. And that's the number one thing I can hit home with, at least for me personally, is that I'm going to accept my child for whatever he is and what's going on. And I'm going to be here to hold his hand and support him every step of the way, because we're all unique and we're all special and we all deserve the absolute best. So yeah, that's my, uh, 
my crazy story that I've been going through. So I just appreciate you guys listening. And if you feel like this is something you're kind of going through as a mom, and maybe it's not the same story, but it's something different that you feel like makes your kid a little different, reach out to me, send me a message, hit me up on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. Like I'm here for you. Go on my website, on my contact form, like totally here for you guys. And just want you to know, like I'm here to, to be your buddy and to listen because you don't have to be alone. I just want you to know that. So I hope you guys have a lovely, good one, and I'll be connecting with you all soon. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you love what you heard, please leave me a review and share this episode with someone you feel may benefit. For more inspiration, join the conversation with me on Instagram at planahead.co. There you will find a link in my bio to my free mindful and meal prep guide that'll kickstart your wellness journey today. Until next time, remember, Even through your hardest days, we are all made of stardust.